Welcome back, everybody. We are excited to talk to you about this new word this month and how you can better parent your middle and high school student around this really cool, really deep idea, actually, this month, I think. Uh, my name is Leslie Bolser. I'm the creative director at Core Essential Values, a curriculum company that works with pre-K through high school students and their communities and families and teachers and everyone around them to help them use a word each month to just better live out their lives and the way we interact with each other and the way they interact with the world. Um, and I'm here with my friend, Dr. Beth Trammell. Beth, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hopefully, if you haven't listened before, uh, thanks for joining today. So I'm Dr. Beth Trammell, and I'm a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East, where I'm the director of the Master's of Mental Health Counseling Program, where um, I also focus on words and helping parents and teachers and, and really anybody who's around kids be intentional about the words we use and things we say. And that's why we got connected and why we are such good friends and, and colleagues together trying to spread intentionality, I think, um, yeah. around specific words. And it, it's why I love like one word a month, you know, yeah. like I could do just about anything, just like a little bit for a yeah. month, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it just gives you one thing to think about that month in terms of uh, this sort of stuff with your kids. And um, I think you can, with really small intentionality, like you said, really make a difference. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this one, actually. I think it um, it brings with it some interesting challenges, particularly when we're talking about our teenagers and adolescents. And the word this month is courage. And the way we're talking about it is being brave enough to do what you should do, even when you are afraid. So I, I wanna talk to you about courage. I wanna talk to you about bravery. And I wanna talk to you about fear and what that's like in the life of a middle and high school student. So wh where should we start? What do you think? Oh, well, you know, as a psychologist, I spend a lot of time talking about fear with folks. And I can picture the cover of this book that I read. And now I cannot remember the authors, but it was actually a stress management book. Mm. Um, and one tiny part in there, they talked about fear, F-E-A-R versus fear. And, and essentially what we're trying to capture is, you know, is this real fear or is this just something that I have kind of, you know, made up in my mind and not really made up. I don't, I don't really want to say like, you know, when people are afraid, they may be experiencing physiological anxiety, like their body may be kind of amped up, but it's not because of something immediately threatening. So the way that this book talked about it was um, F-E-A-R, false expectations about reality, which is more like an anxious kind of past way of seeing things kind of response versus fear that is forget everything and run F-E-A-R, right? Yeah. So when fear is, oh my gosh, forget everything and run, then our bodies are made to react. Yeah. Right. There's all sorts of things that happen to your body when that kind of fear is true. Now, what we're learning about the other kind of fear, false expectations about reality, is that your body actually, even though there's not that evolutionary threat that we were created to be protected against, our bodies still actually respond similarly, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very tricky for some teens, especially to differentiate between, oh, I would have this blow up reaction if it were forget everything and run. What their bodies are saying is you should still have a blow up reaction, even though us as adults are like, 
whoa, sis, like this is not really like uh, you're going to die today, you know, but their bodies are reacting in a similar way. And so it's hard for them to know this isn't real. And I should be able to say, well, mom, I'm actually having kind of a moment in my mind right now, <laughs> you know? Like, so, yes. so this is great. This is really, really great. So as a, as a therapist, as a psychologist, if I came to you with that, if I was a 17 year old and I came to you and said, I'm really afraid of whatever, and it's not a tiger chasing me down the road, which I should yep. run away from. Right. It is something that I've kind of invented or that's just kind of stuck in my head, but it isn't inevitable and it isn't immediate. And it's really more based in my emotional reaction to it and not like physical harm. If I came to you with that kind of a scenario, what advice would you give me as a teenager for overcoming that false expectation of reality? Yeah. So I'd start with saying what you're experiencing is real. Your feelings around this are real. And I start that way because most teenagers, especially, and even grownups, right? When we experience this thing, like our bodies are reacting, our heart is racing, you know, I know y'all can't see me, but I'm like kind of waving my hands in front of my face. (laughs) Like I can't sit still. I feel irritable. I'm angry. Like that experience is real. And so sometimes when, when we have teenagers who really know like, gosh, why am I making this such a big deal? You know, I saw somebody who posted a TikTok that I thought was about me and they were making fun of me. Right. right? Okay. Now me, parent, 40 year old mom, I say to my teenager, like, uh, that's not really about you. Right. (laughs) But in that moment, the 17 year old experiences this very real reaction. So I usually start by saying what you're experiencing is real because they think I must be crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. Like I know they're probably not talking about me, but it feels my heart is telling me, my brain is telling me that it is. So I start with that. And then I then say, now let's take a deep breath so I can slow your body down Yeah, and give your brain time to catch up. Now, what, what are the chances that they're actually talking about you? And if your child responds with, oh, it's a hundred percent about me. Absolutely about me. That, that now is not the time you got to go back to breathing. Yeah. <laughs> they're not there yet. <laughs> they're not there yet. Yeah. 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 Got it. Okay. So my next question though, is about the other kind of fear. Yeah. The, um, you're actually in danger fear. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time around um, high school students. And I would say that in some cases, their false expectation of reality holds them back. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is um, unhealthy for them because they don't get to experience things because they have that fear that's more of a, an emotional based or an anxiety based fear. Yep. On the other hand, I've seen a lot of high schoolers do really, really stupid, physically <laughs> destructive things. Because they don't have enough of the other kind of fear, the forget everything and run, the healthy fear that protects us. How do you also build that in a teenager who's biologically wired to feel a little bit invincible? Oh, yeah. Well, what you just said is totally true. That it's first realizing that your kid is not necessarily abnormal if they feel invincible. I mean, it's actually a part, it's, you know, it's a stage of development that happens during the adolescent years. 
So the best way we can kind of approach that is to have ongoing conversations around safety. And Mm -hmm. so driving. Yeah. Online safety, right? Not giving your phone number out, like being in public and not keep, you know, not putting yourself in situations where you're alone by yourself and an unknown place, things like that. So it's thinking as a parent, like, what are the ways that my kid tends to be risky? Yeah. How do I raise a child who is appropriately courageous? That's right. I think that's that's what you're saying, right? Where you're like, oh yeah, there is like a very fine line between courage and invincibility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So think about what are the conversations I need to have? And then, you know, this is going to sound really weird. I don't know, maybe not, but I find sometimes the days and the weeks just move on and the conversations that I've wanted to have with my kids, I just, it's like life just happens, you know, and I haven't had that conversation. So setting an appointment in your calendar and prioritizing, like, I'm going to talk about safe driving with my kid today, you know, just one week at a time, approach some of these conversations around courage and, and infuse them into when you're dropping them off at the dance recital or infuse them into dinner conversation, or maybe you model, how do I, when I'm driving 80 miles an hour on the interstate, am I bleeding the line between courage and invincibility? How am I modeling those very things that I want to have conversations around? Yeah, that was great. And even in your example, you said dropping off at the dance recital. I mean, what kind of courage does it take to stand up on a stage and dance in front of a whole bunch of people, right? Like, That's unbelievable. So I think we can also call out the really healthy ways we see our kids show courage um, in things like that, that may seem expected, but really it's not. That's a hard, hard thing to do. Um, And that's a really healthy, safe way to work through fear, your heart beating fast right before you walk on stage kind of thing. You know, that's a good thing to do. Whereas swinging from an untethered rope from the top of the stage with no training is probably an unsafe thing to do, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing I wrote down as you were reading our sort of, you know, approach to courage, you said being brave enough. Yeah. So it's really important that we let our kids know, especially at this age and even for us as adults, right? Like this definition doesn't say courage means you're never afraid Mm -hmm. and courage, courage means you just have to be brave enough. Yeah. Just get over that one little hill. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're you're still going to be afraid when I go on to a, you know, I, I don't. But if I were to do a dance recital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did do belly dancing, but then COVID happened and we didn't ever do our recital. But anyway, no. so courage means I just have to be brave enough to get myself to do it, even though I'm still afraid. Yes. Right. So I think it's really important, particularly for our teens who tend to be black and white thinkers, mm-hmm. right? Where they're like, well, I just can't do it because I still feel afraid. Yes, you're going to continue to feel afraid. You just have to be brave enough. Yeah. That's what courage is. Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's really great. Well, um, we could talk about this for a really long time. I oh, think. girl, I'm just getting so excited. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really, really good one. And I love that it's complex. And I love the definition, exactly like you said, it, 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 leads to even more thought and even more conversations with our kids. So, you know, ultimately what we want are independent, competent, 
young adults that leave our house at some point, whenever that may be, with the skills they need to live a productive life that brings them some fulfillment and purpose, right? Not happiness, but but purpose and fulfillment and the things that make you feel good. And kids who are either completely paralyzed by fear Mm. and can't do that, or kids who have absolutely no fear and will do anything, whether it's healthy or safe for them or not, probably aren't going to have the greatest transition into young adulthood. if they come away with those things. So it's a, it's a really important one, I think in my book. So thank yeah. you so much for talking to us about this. If people want to know more about you or get more resources, how, how should they do that? Yeah. So my website is make words matter for good.com. And I have two other podcasts uh, called uh, things you learn in therapy and kids these days need us to make words matter for good. Um, I also want to have just one final plug for parents that if your kid is struggling with courage, because they have so much fear and it's a lot of anxiety, then this word, um, I, I think we continue to instill it, but it may be time to kind of reach out to a therapist or you know a psychologist in your area. So recognize that this conversation we're having around courage doesn't um, preclude people from needing therapy, right? I mean, if your kid is really struggling, it may not be that they're not courageous. It may be because they have so much anxiety that they, they really need, you know, the extra support. So just a little shameless plug there. No, I think that's fantastic to remember. Um, and really therapy is about providing skills and tools. Um, and if we're willing to take our kids to a, a private basketball coach or a soccer training or whatever, this is the same thing. It's skill development, it's skill building. And, um, I think that's a really, really important thing to remind folks, um, that, and I think parents will know when the conversation about courage goes in a little direction they don't think it does. And you just kind of get that feeling inside of yourself as an adult, like, not quite there, not quite there. Those are good indicators that it might be time to ask somebody. That's a great, great suggestion. If you want to know more about Core Essentials, you can find us on our website at coreessentials.org or on social media at CE Values. Hey, good news. Dr. Beth, next month, we have a really fun word to talk about. So if this one was a little rough for people, tune in next month because we've got something a little more fun to talk about, a little exciting. So hope to see everybody then. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.